0: All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mountain West Wire football podcast edition, off-season edition, where we don't stop, won't stop. That was lame, but Jeremy Moss here, Matt Kennerly along for the right to help me uh, not make any errors, and we're here to go, right? Football talk all the time. For sure. So off-season week, no- should we keep track of off-season week number X, or would that be too depressing?
1: No, unless we're counting it down. But then we'd have to figure out how many weeks there were. And right now, it's a lot. That seems like kind of a, it seems like too much work.
0: However, it did get moved up a couple days because Wyoming's now moved their, or not Wyoming, but uh, San Diego State moved up their opener versus Stanford one more day. Nice. Which prop? Which means um, yeah, we'll get our website real quick. mwwire.com, dot com. Instagram, we're there too. Mountainless Wire, all that fun stuff. Twitter, MWC Wire. Get the business out of the way. But you know what that means? If it's Friday night, which Stanford fans are pissed about. Not on the Pac-12 network. Better not be on the Pac-12 network. Fingers crossed, right? Probably FS1. I'm thinking.
1: That's the best case scenario.
0: Well, Pac-12 has ESPN deal as well. Yeah, but I believe Friday night's not going to be a Pac-12 game. So yeah. Bryce Love, we'll get to. We'll obviously talk about that later. But I just remembered one day sooner. But tonight, here's what we're talking about. Yes, we will briefly mention the Super Bowl at the end of the show, because why not? Uh, we're going to talk a little recruiting, because signing day is officially, um, we haven't done too much on signing day, but it is next, it's officially next Wednesday the 8th, right? Uh, yes, I think so. Let's just double check here, that's some research we probably should have done before. Um, <laughs> it because there's two signing days now, so we forget, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, most of the, I mean, it's kind of interesting, because, you know, there have been some kind of narrative wrinkles that have taken some time to sort themselves out, yeah, I know Boise State fans were worried for a week or two about finding a quarterback in this year's class and things like that. But I think they're good. That all got settled in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe not quite as
0: much a drama. I think most of that we knocked out
1: with the first signing
0: day. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, yes, February seventh, which is today's February first, Thursday. So a week from t- week, six days from now, or next Wednesday, whatever you're listening to this Wednesday, the. Uh, Seventh. But we'll um talk about that stuff later on. We're gonna talk a little senior bowl stuff because stuff actually happened that was somewhat interesting in that game. And then also we're gonna move ahead to twenty eighteen as always. We talked about our super duper early picks last week, stupid upset picks. If you haven't listened, I made a separate track, so you're welcome. So that'll last longer because why would I listen to Senior Bowl and an early preview? That's dumb, right? <laughs> yes. So here's what we want to look forward into that, if you haven't listened already. Matt and I make a pick for a Conference Championship game without the favorites. So take your stab. Not San Jose State, I'll give you that much. Yes. Okay. Alright, so let's just get into um, Senior Bowl. Did you um what did you take out from the Senior Bowl with uh we got Josh Allen, Richard Penny, uh Michael Gallup, Nick Bodden, um was who is the San Diego State Cameron Kelly nearly had a pick. And there was also what Travion Thompson, I believe, from Hawaii.
1: Uh, Trayvon Tom. Trayvon uh, Henderson.
0: Henderson, sorry, I apologize. But uh, good showing, right? League did pretty well.
1: I think some people made themselves some money, (laughs) if we're being totally honest. Um, And, I mean, maybe we're kind of wearing out the narrative a little bit, and there's still, what, two and a half months to go. But I think you kind of have to start with Josh Allen, because you know I think we were both maybe a little bit skeptical of of how he was going to look on the field. But, you know, he might have been the best guy out there. Of course, you know, Kyle Laletta ended up throwing three touchdowns, but, you know, both of the touchdowns that Allen ended up having were pretty impressive throws. You know, the kinds of throws that, you know, we've seen him make every so often in practice. You know, the kinds of throws that we've seen him make, you know, on occasion, you know, the sports center-worthy th- throws mm-hmm. that you know he's made in the past. But this was the first time in a long time that I think we've seen him be as consistent in that regard. So, you know, it wasn't just that, you know, he had a couple touchdown throws. is that he was 9 of 13, and there weren't that many, you know, of the overthrows that we were seeing in practice and that we've kind of seen in gameplay in the past. So, you know, even if the, you know, the conversation about the number one overall pick is still up in the air... I don't think there's any doubt that he solidified himself as a guy who's going in the top 10. Easy.
0: Not if you're Mel he'd double down saying he's number one still still saying, Yeah, but then
1: it, but then again, you could also make the argument that, you know, nine of 13, whatever stats are for losers. There's
0: that too. Hey, speaking of that, who wants a t-shirt? <laughs> we <laughs> have another t-shirt, which I can't believe it took me a week, a week plus to figure out. That's a brilliant idea. So over at breaking actually go to our website and get our link there. Cause we get a couple bucks. Um, if you purchase a shirt, I think they're twenty-five bucks, not a not a bad bad price for that type of deal. Heads, uh obviously a Wyoming Gold and Brown. Basically, would you call it a centaur, Matt? Is that what, the, what we came up with, I believe? That's kind of what it looks like.
1: It's a, but I mean when you consider, you know, the Allen's kind of strength in the
0: pocket, it
1: kinda of makes sense. Yeah, and you got the
0: yeah. His size, six four, two thirty plus or two thirty, whatever. Just his stats mm-hmm. are for losers. So stats across the stop, bottom are for losers. So if you want to check it out, you want a cool shirt? Help us out and help yourself out looking good. I have – I've received my Boise State national title shirt. Still for sale, folks. Um, Very comfortable. Very comfortable. So pick that up if you, if you want. How, but back to Allen. Like, he started off poorly at the end of the second uh, quarter. Didn't look all that good. And one reason he got more playing time because Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma left the game. I think it was his mother that was sick, and so he decided to play only for half to j- take out early. Yeah. yeah. So it's – people complaining about that. Grow up. Come on. Relax. Allen was able to play a lot more because of that, and then he ended up going. I think I wrote in the article. I think he went like eight of nine in the second half, something pretty good. He had one throw that was pretty bad, an overthrow, but that was about it. I think I think it's a Cedric Wilson as well, but overthrown. Outside of that, mm-hmm. he faked the camera guy out. He had a touchdown, two touchdowns up uh, of course. He had one drive where I think he went three for three for like sixty something yards. But one thing I liked a lot was in the on that long drive in the for that first touchdown in the third quarter. There was times Mm -hmm. where he could have taken off and run early. He didn't. Or he took off and ran after going. You could tell he went through every one, two, three, four options. see who's open, took off and ran when appropriate, and didn't try to chuck it downfield, which is something I've complained about or noticed or not complained, but point out to people who love him that, hey, go back to game A, B, or C where he would throw it downfield across his body, try to throw it out of bounds, but it doesn't, or he tries to run up the middle and and fumbles the ball. He did not do that. He took care of the ball, went out of bounds when he needed to, ran only after waiting a good three to six seconds, what, five plus seconds into pocket or so, a good enough time to say nobody's open, I'm going to run, and gain yards here and there. And so that's a big improvement. I I, saw, I know it's one game, it's an all-star game. He People did say he did better during the week, even though if you look at a video I post book in front of him, him wildly missing a stationary target <laughs> where Baker Mayfield hit it right through the back of the net. I think we talked about that last week, but he mm-hmm. did well, and It's still an all-star game. It's one little piece of the puzzle like we mentioned last week. It's all sorts of stuff for how you can evaluate a guy. But he showed enough to me in the game where he learned because a quarterback can look silly in an all-star game. They can look either really good or really bad because I'm going to make big plays or I'm just going to try to force something. It's not a big deal. He played well. He showed what I wanted to see. And then it's his mechanic thing, completion percentage of what you want to see. And then the touch. He threw softer passes like screen passes, stuff like the fade to the end zone. Not not really fade, but just kind of a float. Not a floater, but uh, how would you describe yeah, it? Yeah. Like just a, I guess a soft toss essentially, where a, a good pass in the right direction, where it landed, where a timing throw, where the guy wanted it to be, wasn't a bullet, wasn't a super hard throw, but just something over the top to the back of the corner where only his guy could get it and he got it on the one where he faked yeah. out the camera work. So he, for, I guess, first on pick, there's still questions because it's like this type of game, but. He obviously played very well and did better than what um, probably I thought, and he showed me things he didn't do during the regular season. So yeah, yeah I mean, it's hard to argue with that so, yeah. and I mean, and you know, if
1: you're a fan of the conference, you know the, the better news is that he wasn't the only one. Oh yeah, who probably made himself a lot of money. You know We talked a lot about Rashad Penny and not overreacting to a couple of shaky practices. And he looked like a guy who could sneak into the first round and, you know, whether that's a lot of, you know, I mean, you, you could probably make the argument that he should have been in that conversation already, but, you know, he showed up in a big way and, you know, did more or less the kinds of things that we've seen him do week in and week out where, you know what was it? He had like 120 yards of total offense he,
0: and like I have it right here, real quick. He averaged he had sixty four receiving or excuse me, sixty four rushing yards. He had seventy three receiving yards. I think he averaged and one thing we di- I didn't mention in a recap, he had one kick return for fifteen yards, which okay, still fifteen yards. He basically averaged yeah. almost twenty yards a touch. It's pretty good. I think he was also team MVP in the South Co MVP, I believe. Mm-hmm. Something like that, but Mad, you see that catch he made? That's something we never seen seen him t- do—not in a screen pass, but an actual sort of a downfield pass reception. Yeah, it was—it was
1: a little bit of a swing pass, and it wasn't as though the coverage was bad. He had a guy like right on him that he was able to shake, and then you know make one move, and he's basically off to the races from there. And so, you know, I mean, it's it's really hard to kind of add superlatives to what we what we become accustomed to from him. And, but that throw that catch and know,
0: throw, like wasn't um was it Kevin Laluta was who thrown who threw that pass or Kyle Laluta? Was it him? I believe No, I think it was Kurt Bankert Or Kurt Bankert. okay. I, whatever it was, but he was getting he's getting pressured in the pocket, rolled out to the side. It's kind of like a wheel route almost where it's like a swing and a wheel route where he went to the side and then cut up field. But the coverage was there. Like it was a great throw over the top of the defender. And like you said, he caught it there, then made one sidestep. Like, we've seen Penny catch screen passes out of the backfield. But this was like a actual wide receiver type of catch. Yeah. But he. There, what else to add? Like, he had the fake to set up a touchdown. He had the TD there, the long 70-plus yarder. But, man. And then you have um, Michael Gallup, led the North team receiving three for 60. It's Pretty good effort. Everybody. And then, um, oh, one thing that we do need to bring up, Cameron Kelly. Should have had an interception. Should have had that ball. For sure. He had the yeah. like he had it one-hander. It's like, oh, I dropped it. And then, not to say and then every time, but Nick Bodden did not play. However, what's a fullback going to do, Matt? You know what I mean? <laughs> what are they going to do? Well,
1: he's he's going he's gonna to clear lanes for the running back. I mean, the 49ers yeah, made but... pretty good use of a fullback this year.
0: Sure, but, you know, I mean, like, in this type of game. But also, there's a little a word that got got a little, I think, a wrist or hand injury. Here's the thing. If you don't remember, Bauden used to be a quarterback for the Aztecs and started quite a few games. Mm-hmm. And there's guys reading um, Chris Burke from The Athletic. He does NFL coverage. And I think also uh, Detroit Lions stuff in the NFL for their website. But he's saying, like, he talked to NFL guys, like, Bauden's NFL ready and we'll be on it basically, in my opinion, we'll be on the roster next year. Maybe, track to the fullback, maybe not the best sexy or valuable pick, but maybe. Late round round pick, possibly. Why not? Mm -hmm. All right. uh,
1: Take like a sixth or seventh round flyer on him. Well, let's also forget about Trayvon Henderson who led the North in in total tackles. Ended up with a pass breakup and a half a tackle for a loss as well. Everybody does well. If he's like a day two – if he's like a late day two, early day three pick, I think that you know, if you're a Hawaii fan, you've got to be happy about
0: that. No kidding. And then um, really quick, um, a couple NFL draft notes. Like you mentioned, there's a couple mock, round, mock draft picks. One thing we should mention, Alex Smith, the trade to the Redskins, could be a big deal in this. Uh, could make some noise potentially for like trades and stuff. We'll get into that later. But one reason it's a big deal because – well, the funniest thing is, watch. I'm gonna rant. Like I rant on that trade for a moment, Matt. Is that okay? Am I allowed? Yes. Okay. Alex Smith went to my university, University of Utah. He's been a. He was with your 49ers, so you've seen him up close. He's been an okay quarterback, right? Most of his career.
1: I love Alex Smith, but continue.
0: <laughs> I would say, but he's been okay. This past year, he played much better. Why are the Redskins or Team Washington giving him a? guaranteed $70 million. Probably
1: because they're desperate.
0: But they could get, I know they could sign Kirk Cousins for like the franchise for one year, $34 million, But they probably don't want to do that every year. Cause it's like the top five average quarterback, but all they gave up was a third round pick and a young cornerback. But here's, what's even more dumb for Washington's sake. Kirk Cousins. Kurt Cousins does not sign a lot of people say oh they'll trade Cousins for some picks they cannot trade Kirk Cousins <laughs> and if you think he's going to sign with them and help them out for a trade you got to be crazy so but mm-hmm. but but that could trickle down to the quarterback situation because he's a free agent he could go to Arizona there's a lot of places he could go to no, no speculation really but Cleveland Giants he's not going go to the Giants you see Cleveland Arizona thought Carson Palmer a couple of, a lot of teams need a quarterback in the in the league and Cousins is going to start anywhere he goes so if Cleveland does something for him, pays him a ton of money, or whatever, that could impact the draft for Josh Allen's sake. But Cardinals look to be a good fit. He's still going in that range. Most people have about a fifteen. I think that's what the Cardinals pick, but we'll see. One thing too, I'm asking Matt. Um, have you seen Michael Gallup getting first round pub? I have. Pro Football Focus, CBS. Do you think he could be the first wide receiver off the board?
1: You know, I haven't taking a good look at what the wide receiver um class looks like but you know i mean he's got two years worth of production to back up his uh standing so i don't see why
0: not i guess the one guy's the smu receiver and we'll get all the get into this stuff later but i guess the uh, calvin ridley guy from alabama but we'll get like i said we'll get into all this later but seeing him creep up in the first round cbs saying he could be sleeper pro football focus but you missed a rashard penny first round pick that's uh, a high praise.
1: I mean, I feel like what's going to happen is, is, he, is he won't be, you know, the Patriots <laughs> are probably going to win the Super Bowl or something like that. <sighs> and then they're going to, and then they're going to, they're going to trade down. They're going to trade down from number 32 with some team that's dumb enough to trade up. Suckers. And then they're going to take like, you know, pick, pick number 35 or 36 and they're going to pick Rashad Penny or they're going to pick, you know, Michael Gallup and the rich is going to get richer and you know we may all love Michael Gallup now, but when he's with the Patriots for a few years, we're probably all going to end up hating him and stuff like that. But that's just kind of what they do. That's just you know my my sense of how things are going to go. They're going to take someone and, that we love, and we're going to make the, and they're going to make us hate him.
0: So him and Brandon Cooks, so you're telling me that's a good Danny Amendola? That'll be a good matchup, good uh, class out there. I mean, Danny so, Amendola's got to re- he's got to retire at some point, doesn't he? It, it does he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Man, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. And then we're talking about like, also the Patriots. Some guy on Twitter, I wish I had his name in front of me, was saying like, well, Penny could go to the Patriots at 32. I'm like, well, Patriots kind of already have a lot of running backs. I don't think that's
1: likely to happen because the, the, Patriots, the Patriots never draft running backs that high.
0: There's, there's that too. I think Garrett Blunt the first time when he was at the Patriots was drafted somewhat high. Like that would be a good fit because the way they use running backs, like with Deion Lewis, Blunt, and everybody else who they have, like – I think it's since like Corey Dillon or something a long while since I had like one big time back taking the load to carry the ball as many times. But I don't know if it's seeking the first round. Like that would be a good fit, but, but nowhere near that high because it's that high. And I don't think he's going to be like the third running back off the board. But if he's a guy mm-hmm. like we know can return kicks, he, he can catch the ball a little bit. I don't know. I think he'll. I think he's going to move up because he just makes plays. All, that's all there is to. It doesn't matter who he plays. He does a good job yeah i think we're good with draft stuff Now we'll get to that later that was a good 17 minutes there all right i guess let's do uh should we go to re- let's go to recruiting because we got signing day we mentioned we'll go to the early preseason stuff next week like we said we haven't done a ton of recruiting um matt um, on a scale of one to ten how much do you follow recruiting like um as far as state recruiting
1: is it possible to go like outside the scale you mean lower or higher like 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 a like a lower number <laughs> <upper? laughs> that's fine I'm just like, you know, I mean, you know, stars and everything are fine. But like, just let me see him on the field. Let
0: me just look at that. You know, I would like to note. I'm looking at are you at the 24-7 recruiting composite page at the moment? I am. Can you scroll down to New Mexico football? Oh, I'm going to make a dumb thing. I was going to mention. I briefly looked. I thought that was the Wolfpack logo for a second. No, I think I need to wear my glasses or something. (laughs) <laughs> regardless, let's start the Lobos. They have nine total guys. We're not going to go through each team, but they only got nine guys taken or signed, I guess, not taken. But like I said, earliest ending day, most teams have everybody in place. I guess with the Lobos, with, the, with them getting the new offensive coordinator, that's a big deal. Um, but it's not a surprise. Boise, Boise State's at the top. I am surprised at Fresno State because last year, wasn't Tedford? Didn't they have them like top four, I believe?
1: I think he ended up third. I mean, I'm not sure if t- – I mean, it, it says that twenty four seven sports is up to date, but Maybe you know, if you go to New Mexico's site with all of their signings, they have twelve people listed. So I'm not sure what the discrepancy is.
0: Okay, but they'll have they'll you'll get about twenty five to thirty guys because right now Boise has what? Oh shoot, my page is gone. Twenty three, it looks like. Is that correct? Uh.
1: Well, according to, yeah, 24-7 Sports says they have the most as well as – well, no, they don't have the most, but Colorado State has 23 as well. And then Nevada is actually the team Ooh. that's uh, making a lot of moves. They, you know, We probably won't be hearing a lot from them next week because they already have 24 people signed.
0: Same with Boise. So, like The teams you'll hear from, Asics is 17, um, Fresno, San Jose. Air Force is 25, but that's fine. They send like 40 guys because they can. But yeah, and Wyoming, UNLV, and part of the Utah State, part of these rankings, like Boise number one, or say uh, Hawaii number five, or Fresno six, part of this goes off total points, and average points. Mm-hmm. And so once Fresno reels in their class, they'll probably jump Hawaii. Who knows what San Diego State will do. But like overall, none of these guys are going to really make an impact this next year. There might be some JUCO guys. And like said, we haven't followed that closely, but the best guy overall is like, I think it's Khalil Shakir, or Khalil Shakir for Boise State highest traded guy, list athlete. I think he's a wide receiver. I never. I was looking for this article. It was an ESPN article. I never found. But they do a cool thing every year, or at least the past year or two, where they do um, like they do the early top twenty-five rankings, obviously. But they do like a take a category in like quarterback or running back or top receiver or something. Oh, here it is: impact freshman. I Finally found it after twenty minutes here, Matt. I found it. Good job. So top twenty-five. It's like no waiting for impact freshman. For their preseason top twenty-five teams, and Boise State's ranked seventeen. Yeah, so Shakir, he had offers from Arizona, BC, Colorado, UCLA, Washington State, Illinois. Um, he's they say his offensive game is versatile. He can play outside slot. He's been returner, running back. So if he can do all those things, that could be a guy who is who knows what he'll do. Like, but he'll be basically the guy who can come out and play right away because they need a Boise needs a kick. Well, they don't really need a returner, but if he's the high trade guy in the conference, he goes to Boise State, who only get a couple four star guys, maybe every every other year, maybe one year at most. He could be a guy who sees time early, and may, if you can play as a true freshman, you're pretty good, right?
1: Yeah, and I mean, even though he might be the number one guy, it's kind of interesting seeing like who's considered a part of the conversation as far as being like in that best handful of players. You know, for instance, Colorado State signed a guy, Devin Phillips, who defensive tackle, six foot two, three hundred and five pounds. You know, he's rated as a three star guy, but you know, nationally, I think he's the only guy, at least according to twenty four seven Sports, that is you know listed in the top one thousand or something like that.
0: Uh, actually, um, oh, actually, no, there's a guy better than that. Scroll down. Oh, I guess true freshman. Never mind, because there's the yeah. uh, Damien Dixon, who's top one, basically one sixty, but I think that's JUCO ranks, but still. Yeah, yeah, because it's
1: and it's interesting if you go if you look at ESPN as well. They have a list of all the, uh, the individual commitments. The team rankings, I guess, are beside insider. But it's really interesting to see like who's highly ranked because you know Shakir, for instance, is rated as an eighty. You know, so is Phillips, but then you know the only other guy in the conference who's ranked that high. Uh, actually, I'm trying to find it. Okay, never mind, those are the only two that are ranked 80. <laughs> but, but there are several guys who are ranked at 79, which I think is really interesting. And one of those guys, coincidentally enough, also happens to be a Boise State signee Cameron Thomas. But, you know, among those other guys, you know, Fresno State signed a, th- a guy who's ranked that high Isaiah Johnson. And, you know, even though New Mexico has a, a very small class, they brought in a guy from you know, Mount Jacinto, Mount San Jacinto, excuse me, college, who ranks at a 79 as well, Sherry on Jones and Wyoming as well. Also brought in a quarterback who coincidentally enough, maybe he's the next Josh Allen. Well, that might be putting too much hype on him, but maybe dot, dot, dot. He, <laughs> is from an, he, he is from an outer lying community here in the central Valley. Sean Chambers was a Rutgers recruit. Flipped his commitment to
0: Wyoming. So So you're saying so what did I get from that, Jeff Tedford missed a guy. I, no, I don't think it was on <laughs> Tedford. I think that
1: maybe that was on prior you know that might have been on DeRuder in that last uh,
0: The prior administration.
1: Yeah, and also, you know, Fresno State I think already had their guy. They it's, I believe signed one or two guys
0: mm-hmm. last
1: last year, so you know, not not gonna fault them
0: too much for that. Yeah. But as for ESPN rankings, they only rank the top fifty teams, so Mm-hmm. can't get much. Oh, okay. So I, cause I went there and pulled up just to curious to see they only do the top 50 and their websites being weird, but with the, what you want to take out of all this stuff, like if you have Juco guys, like New Mexico brings in some Juco guys, like you mentioned, I've mentioned CSU, but one thing I like about CSU, look where all their coaches are coming from Bobo from SEC or from the Southeast. They brought in uh, well, I guess not the Alabama guy anymore, but the, uh, the new DC was formerly Tennessee coach of Kentucky. Look where these mm-hmm. guys are from. Like Devin Phillips, Louisiana, Daquan Jackson, Florida, Louisiana, Taiwan, France, so all these guys. We got a couple of California guys, Mississippi, you have a guy in Ohio. They have guys everywhere across the country, South Carolina, Damon Daly, defensive tackle. They have all these guys on the East Coast and South, a couple guys from Georgia. They do have a couple guys from Colorado. Part of the reason for that, D1 talent in the state of Colorado is not just a quantity, is not there, and neither is the quality overall, typically. So like they're going to this, they're going across the country. Like I see Arizona, California, Nebraska, Missouri. They go everywhere, but a lot of guys in that recruiting ground because you go where you know players, where there's a lot of players, and then also you coach out there for however many decades. So that's always something interesting to look at. Like San Jose, I believe, um, sticks to in-state mostly. Like there is what the when they had a decent recruiting class a couple years ago for that one guy. I think goes a receiver got kicked off for some assault or something. Like he was going to USC but changed to San Jose. Like that year, I think they had like twenty-two of twenty-five from the state of California, and look oh, yeah. and look at their class right now. Every single player signed is from the state of California. And it's like why that does not surprise. It's me. Like same with Fresno, they probably have what ninety percent from the same with San Diego State within the state of California. It's probably ninety percent plus of in-state guys.
1: Yeah, I mean they've made a pro- at least here at Fresno State. I know that they've made it an explicit priority to recruit more locally which is why you get guys like you know for instance Rodney Wright III who if you remember Rodney Wright from back in the day Mm -hmm. you know pretty good pickup for you know another wide receiver who could be you know the next Jameer Jordan or something like that and you know Emery Edwards from Tulare Union who I've heard a lot of really good things about I haven't had a chance to see him play live but a lot of people seem to be excited by the fact that he's coming to to Fresno State but you know you know they got you know someone from Modesto they got you know more than a few people from here and here in town. And you know, that's just kind of how that, how they've prioritized. So even though at least according to the rankings, it doesn't jump off the page. Like right now, according to 24 seven, they're ranked sixth in the conference. I don't think a lot of people are complaining because, you know, especially as far as the skill position guys that they're bringing in, I think there's a lot of excitement around those guys.
0: And like, so they have 17, they'll move up because they're looking at Nevada. They're sitting at third at 24. Again, the more players you have now, that's how it's weighted a little bit. But Nevada's bringing in 14 three-star players. Are they, it seems like they're buying in to maybe this, that second half of the year. Look what the offense can do. Because two of their top three recruits play offense, and then maybe um, like they bring this guy in from West Arizona Western, a uh, defensive tackle. is huge. 6'4", 295, Tristan Nichols. That guy's probably going to start right away because the defense is so terrible. Two things when your team's not very good. If you're not good in defense and you're really a really good player – Maybe or not, maybe not really good. Right phrase, but you you know you can come in and play right away. Everybody has a different reason. I'm going to come for this coach. I'm coming for I like the city. I'm coming here because my dad went here, my mom went here. There's all sorts of different reasons, but one reason is for playing time. Especially if you're a JUCO guy, you don't want to go somewhere and maybe register or even sit for a year. You want to come in and play as quickly as possible. So I could see mm-hmm. that guy coming in, being a huge D tackle, taking over that spot because it's been bad. And then offense. Nevada's offense, like not to get too far ahead of next year, we'll kind of move into that area in a second, but they might be like the they will be a top third offense minimum. I'm saying top four team, an offensive production.
1: Well, they're bringing in some really intriguing pieces. Like you know, the measurements on some of these guys are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But for instance, they're bringing in a three star guy, a tight end, Cole Turner, who you know according to ESPN, he's six foot seven and two hundred and nine pounds.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Six seven two zero oh, nine. Yeah, give that guy some food. <laughs> that's what I'm saying.
1: Like if the you know if he goes into like a you know a, tr- a training regimen that's you know befitting of a college athlete, like he could be the kind of you know monster that a run and shoot offense that a you know, spread offense can really use. You know, and not only that, you know there was a lot of you know hubbub about Toa Tawa, mm-hmm. for instance, you know the younger brother of Vai Tawa, if you remember from back in the day, triple
0: header thousand yard rushing team.
1: Yeah, three star guy, four star in some places. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not as though Nevada is completely stacked at running back. So, you know, we've seen them, you know, show some initiative in getting young guys playing time. We saw that most, you know, most clearly with someone like McLean Mannix, for instance. So, you know, if he's a guy who can come in, you know, he's not necessarily a big guy. He's only five 5'10, 190 pounds, at least according to, you know, com. But, you know, maybe he's the guy who could come in and make an impact right away on the ground game because we know Nevada's going to be able to throw the ball all over the place. If they can get a running game that helps them a little bit more, like we started to see near the end of last year, could make them a really interesting team.
0: Okay, quick question. I got some more tight end news here. Who was the tight end you mentioned? Was it Cole um, Turner? Cole Turner, yes. So 24-7 lists him six six one ninety three. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Then, like his, he's tall and thin.
0: Then they got Ryan Smith tied in from Granite Bay, 6'7", 220.
1: Also very interesting.
0: I, I guess if you're that – I don't know. 220 might be – it's still a little thin, I think, because I'm 6'4", and I'm about what, 230 at the moment. Mm-hmm. So that guy's like three inches taller than me, and I weigh more than him. <laughs> kind of wild right it's it's weird I don't, I don't know what do you think they should be like 235 maybe if you're a tight end if depending if they're receiving tight end i think a little bit more weight right
1: uh, I, mean, I think it, you know put on 20 30 pounds
0: would be fine yeah dude six seven, two fifty, 250 bam for sure <laughs> for that guy to left tackle the nfl right <laughs> i guess yeah i guess the only other note here boise state was freaking out because they didn't have a quarterback calm down guys you're good relax, you have a quarterback. Because ha- I think the guy, I forget where he went, he decommitted. There is a slight chance this guy who lived in, we mentioned last week it was a Cooper in I think, who's at Washington State. Mm-hmm. Like he was going to go to BYU, had Boise on his radar, decided not to, but they, they'll be fine. They I think they're signing one quarterback, if that's correct, or two. Dual threat guys like Demetri Washington out of Solana Beach and then Jalon Henderson, who's a Juco guy from Texas, so.
1: Well, they've also they also got a commitment from Riley Smith.
0: Oh, maybe that, out of Florida. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Okay, maybe that's. Oh, that's he's not signed it. I'm looking at the only. I wish I had a verbal commits on here. That kind of threw me off with this new setup. Mm-hmm. But no, that, no, that's the guy I'm thinking of. So they have three quarterbacks, and Riley Smith is the guy. So uh, let's do this. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be back to um, what talk more football, right, Matt? Oh yeah. All right, let's look ahead to 2018 again, because that's what we do here. And also, programming note, you know what we're going to do next week, Matt?
1: What are we doing next week?
0: Probably your favorite podcast of the year.
1: Which one? Which is?
0: You know what that is. Oh, are we doing March Shredness? Is it time? It is. Heavy metal, right? Is that the is that the bracket? It is 1980s
1: hair metal. Oh. And by the way, if you're interested, the play-in games, you know, what you would call like the equivalent of the first four, Mm-hmm. They're going on right now, so you can always hit pause on the podcast. Go to marchshredness.com, or you can find them on Twitter at March Shredness. Um, you can find a link to the playlist that I made for them, uh, oh, cool. so you can listen to all the songs. You can visit the website here. The music video is there as well, but we're going to dig into this. We're going to get Eli in on this, we'll probably talk Brandon back into doing this again. It's going to be good.
0: We need. I need to study that because I'm not too familiar with this type of music. I am a little, really? I, a little bit. I'm just. I grew up on this stuff. I, the stuff we had last time, one hit was it '90s one hit wonders. Is that what it was? Yes. There was some good stuff. Like I, I don't know. I I know some of this, but it's not t- stuff I typically listen to. Mm-hmm. So we'll send out Eli, which is fun to make fun of because of his age a little bit. To go through this, uh, and I'm sure we'll have Brandon. We'll, it, assuming it's his type of music, so Brandon, if you're listening, shoot us a message. We'll chat with you as well. But there's stuff, um, a lot of songs in here. Um, is there some What we got here? Oh, that's the wrong thing I'm looking at. But we'll get to it later. Check out Mark. Yeah, Mark Shredness. If you have Spotify or don't sign up at least for a week and then listen. Right, get familiar with oh, yeah. this stuff. And we put a post yes. on Facebook too. So here's what we're gonna do. Let's get to 2018 really quick. That we're going to. Um, I guess uh, two two things. We're going to combine this in two things. Bill Connolly, good buddy, football study hall, football outsiders, SB Nation, did a cool article about 2018 returning production. And I'm going to say, I'm going to call it right now that I was smart last week saying the Mountain West American are going to flip with like you wanted three teams ranked. It's going to flip next year. I'm calling it again right now. And th- his numbers back me up.
1: Yeah, I mean, not to say that returning production is everything, but like if you if you look at the article, and maybe we can link to it in the in the website article that we do. Definitely. You know, you'll you'll see that there's like a lot of correlations between like how a team does in year one what they return for year two and then how successful they are. You know, how much progress an offense makes as far as like points per game, yardage gain and stuff like that. So like one of the big things, for instance, is you know, receiving yards that someone returns. You know, there's a couple of teams at the top of the list, especially on offense, that are going to be really strong in that regard. And I think, you know, you start looking at Fresno State and Nevada, for instance. You know, those two teams ranked in the top 15 overall, but I think a lot of of what the numbers are looking at are looking at the fact that they're returning a lot of guys at, at wide receiver and at quarterback, mm-hmm. for instance, you know, both of those guys, you know, Ty Ganji and Marcus McMarion definitely at least in the you know top four, top five quarterbacks in the conference above the median, you would say.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, you know, they're stacked at wide receiver, you know, they got, you know, Keyshawn Johnson, Jameer Jordan, back for one last go around. Um, you know, McLean Mannix, Brendan O'Leary Orange, on the other hand, so even though there's a contrast of styles between those two teams, they're going to have, you know, more success in the passing game next year, I think, than they did this year. And you know, for Fresno State most pronounced it was it was those third down situations, the passing down situations, that they had a lot of trouble with. And I think that with, a, with an entire offseason to work with, with, the, with the whole offense, that, you know, the ceiling is really high for that team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though Nevada's coming off of a season where they only won two games, you know, with as much offensive production as they have coming back, you know, I think it's not outside the question that they could fight their way back to bull eligibility if the offense is explosive mm-hmm. enough and they, they take a step forward in efficiency.
0: And what they noticed, looking through this correlation, like what matters most to being a good team with returning talent, mm-hmm. receiving yards, which favors, like you mentioned, Fresno State. Nevada, it'll favor quite a bit for who they've returning. And then also basically the passing game. If you're good on passing offense and passing defense, typically you're going to be you're in good shape. And that's a, kind of interesting that the passing game would carry that much weight.
1: And that's what makes a team like, Boise State really interesting mm-hmm. by these metrics, because on the one hand, they're losing a ton of production on offense. And, you know, overall, they don't rank quite as highly. You know, they rank only 42nd overall. But if you want to look specifically at defensive returning production, you know, some of those big things you mentioned, past defenses, you know, especially at defensive back, mm-hmm. you know, the overall tackles correlation, they lead the Mountain West in defensive returning production so you know you, we can talk more about it at length you know Brett Rippon's coming back but you know he's gonna have a host of different weapons around him Madison's coming back but it's those guys in the secondary you know with another year together that could really make or break this team's New Year's Day chances next year
0: gotcha okay I was like where are you looking at this stuff that I was looking at to- I sorted by total returning I'm like wait a minute yeah, <laughs> yeah they're top 10 They're it's <clears throat> and here's the thing too. Like one thing to note, like well, it's all relative. San, San Jose State returns ninety percent of its offense, but they're just terrible last year. It's so like how much yeah. better can I know with Montel Aaron? He's the quarterback. He showed some good things when he's playing, but I believe isn't Billy Freeman gone with the Spartans? Well, no, Billy Freeman was long. Oh gone, no, but
1: last year there last year there there was Josh Oliver.
0: Was that oh, who am I thinking of? Then maybe I forget. Maybe it's somebody else, but. Yeah, it's good to have that back, obviously, but how much difference is that going to make? Well, I mean,
1: I think in that particular case, you know, what you have going on is you had a redshirt freshman quarterback who's going to be going into his second year as a starter, probably unquestioned as a starter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they had a couple of freshman running backs last year who came on late, like uh, Tyson Parker, for instance. And then... You know, as far as wide receivers are concerned, I think Tim Crawley is graduating. But, you know, you look at what their roster looks like from last year, they have a ton of receivers coming back mm-hmm. who could play a pretty significant role. Like, um, you know, Justin Holmes, I think, is going to be... He's a senior. He's probably their unquestioned kind of veteran guy. But, you know, Bailey Gaither had some moments last year. He's back. Jaquan Blackwell had some, had some plays. Trey Walker had some opportunities to play. So... It's a young team, and it, you know it may still not be pretty in a lot of weeks next year. But it's a t- it's the kind of team that's going to grow together, and I think that that's you know how you would look at that particular situation relative to some of the other more successful teams from last year.
0: I, I agree. It's just like every. However, production does lead to results. You still got to have talent. That's true. And so, like, look. But one thing overall, like the Mountain West, like looking at a total returning overall, really quick. You had what did you say Boise was top ten, is that right? Or no? For, defense, excuse yeah. me, Fresno State overall is twelfth in the country. They're have four percent offense, seventy nine defense. Nevada seventy eight and seventy eight, In Wyoming even losing Josh Allen, they're inexperienced. They bring a lot of guys back, about the same top twenty range. That's why I'm thinking with the Nevada case. Well, I guess if you'll see now, my that was my pick for the for not if I'm not going with like Aztecs or um, Bulldogs. Nevada, mm-hmm. I think they're gonna ma- They could potentially make the biggest jump next year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree because not only are they returning a lot of offense, you know, the defense, yeah. a little bit rough at times last year, mm-hmm. but they have a lot of returning production as well, which definitely counts for something.
0: You know, it also helps playing San Jose State, playing Hawaii, who lost their quarterback and wide receiver, <laughs> playing teams like that and that aren't that good at the moment.
1: Yeah, that's definitely true because, you know, you look at the, the teams facing biggest the biggest deficits. And, you know, Hawaii obviously had Drew Brown transfer. They had, um, Dylan, Colley. They had Dylan Colley transfer, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they rank 94th, but, you know, if they lose one or two more guys, you know, it's it's. – I'm not sure exactly how that would impact the ranking, but it's
0: definitely not going to be in a good way. Yeah, Dyson Di- know I mean? may say Juice is gone as well. Mm-hmm. They lost, like, everybody. But, like, here's the big picture I want to get at. Like, you mentioned last week that there should be three teams ranked in preseason 2018. Yeah, I wasn't with with those teams being Fresno, Boise, and San Diego State. I questioned where's Fresno State because look at this returning talent from a team that won so many games. You would think, I know there's a prove-it stage, but overall, the Mountain West returns the most talent. Not, excuse me, Not talent production out of any team in the country. The conference does, I should say. It's close. It's very close because there's only a 6% difference between the Mountain West at 1 and the American at 10. But still, they have the most returning production back, which means something.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's you, 6% is not nothing.
0: Well, I mean, I, yeah. I guess think of it. Six yards of a football field, right? Mm-hmm. That could be a big deal. Imagine kicking a 38-yarder to a 44 or 44 to 50-yard field goal. That's a big deal. So I guess yeah. I guess it's not nothing, you're right. <laughs> yeah, and I
1: mean, and it's and if you want to go look for this yourself, it's it's interesting to see the breakdown by team because on the one hand you have Fresno State, and Nevada. On the other hand, Colorado State is the one team I think in, in just searching cursor really. You know they're having to pl- replace a lot on both sides of the ball in a way that you know no other team in the conference is you know nobody else is going to face that kind of challenge. You know on offense. They're only returning 27% of their production, which ranks next to last in the FBS. And on defense, it's not much better. It's only 122nd, which gives you an overall figure of dead
0: last. Here's, um, uh, Can I give some Rams fans some hope on this? Yes. Running game back is still stacked. Oh, yeah. Because Rashard Boddy is going to get a lot more carries. Marvin Kinsey is going to be, even though they played last year, fully 100%. Yeah, they lose a 1,300-yard rusher. They lose Nick Stevens. They lose uh, Michael Gallup. Positive thing: Colin Hill played better than Nick Stevens in his first year. So there's Mm -hmm. a chance that talent, a quarterback, could be equal to with Nick Stevens, who should be on an NFL roster next year. For sure, so yeah, and I mean, this is not
1: to say that they're completely devoid of talent now. Mm-hmm. You know, not only Colin Hill, but like a guy like Warren Jackson, for instance. He's, I believe, he's going to be a is he a sophomore or a junior next uh, year?
0: We'll have to look later. I'm not sure at the moment. Oh, he's he's a sophomore.
1: Okay. Excuse me, but you know, he came on a little bit last year. He's, you know probably my next pick to be the breakout receiver in this conference so you know they'll be fine they're definitely going to be competitive mm-hmm. they have a johnson back as well they have you know a lot of highly recruited talent from the last couple of, uh, of recruiting classes but it's going to be a little bit of a challenge because they just have a lot to replace rather than just one or two guys
0: all right. So um, let's do a couple of the quarterback thing really quick because I want to wrap this up so we can. Uh, okay. So it's a good 48 minute podcast. So there's some quarterback battles. I went to our buddy Pete Futek at CFN, Cultural Football News. He did a, he does a lot of good stuff. So if you have time to check it out, go do it because it's a lot of work <laughs> and that type of things. But he put together like quarterback battles and kind of ranks where the, the quarterback battles I was thinking of. Um, one thing we need to you know we start with, and I'll kind of go off his list a little bit. We mentioned Drew Brown. It's probably going to be Cole McDonald, but we'll see. I don't know. Like, what, he's the only guy with experience, so I guess it's going to be him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think with Hawaii, the big mystery is is you know, how many different guys are they going to get into this particular mix? Because mm-hmm. you know McDonald's the only guy who is is has game experience, mm-hmm. but they have a few different options even without Brown. You know, they have uh, Carson Greeley, who was their quarterback recruit from a couple of years ago, you know, Cole Brown I think was the third string quarterback last year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, McDonald is probably the front runner at least going into the spring. But I think with, you know, the offense, maybe just hitting reset all across the board, it's the kind of thing where you have, you know, kind of an open quarterback battle in that case.
0: All right. So I I think so. That's an open one. I think the most intriguing one is going to be air force. Because it's gonna be oh, mo- yeah. it's gonna be Montel Aaron for San Jose, as we mentioned. I I'm I wondering. I know it's one game. You shouldn't look too much into it, but I think it's gonna be Isaiah Sanders.
1: I think it's a good problem to have if you're asking me. <laughs> yeah,
0: Aaron Worthman's gonna be senior. He got pulled late last year, but the only game we've seen Sanders in was that 44 rushing attempt for what 196 for Utah State, mm-hmm. and it's.
1: See, the big question for Air Force is, you know, if you look at their roster from last year, they only had three guys listed at quarterback. Only. <laughs> yeah, the, well, I mean, for Air Force, when you consider yeah. just how many cadets they bring in every year, you know, all they had was Worthman was, um, and Sanders and then Nate Romine. Mm-hmm. You know, Romine's obviously gone, and you know, I would expect Sanders and Worthman to present Kelvin with an intriguing opportunity. Maybe they timeshare. I don't know if that would be the worst thing in the world, considering Airworthman's, uh, you know, he had some issues off and on holding onto the football last year. But they've also brought in a couple of guys, or actually three guys, who are listed as quarterbacks on ESPN. Um, so maybe one of those guys gets in the mix as well. None of them are, you know, highly recruited. That's not usually what Air Force does. But they're going to have some options. And it wouldn't surprise me if someone pops up in the same way that Sanders popped up last year. I think it's going to be an open competition. My guess is Worthman has the inside track, but I wouldn't be surprised if Sanders carves out a role for himself.
0: Okay. I go Sanders. You go Worthman. We'll keep an eye on that one. I guess the next, we already know who Boise is going to be. Nevada, Ty Gange. I disagree with the 94th ranking he has them here. I think Nevada's offense is going to be pretty good. I guess you got um, Colin Hill, CSU. Boise, obviously. I guess Boise is some intrigue because it's going to be Brett Rippin 100%. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the right choice. I guess the other open position, why I mean, I guess Nick Smith.
1: <laughs> it's, I think it's going to be Nick Smith to start with in the spring, mm-hmm. but I definitely expect him to get pushed by Tyler Vanderwall.
0: Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, cause Nick Smith had like what a quarter plus or three quarters of good football in his, what? Two and a half games, three and a half games he played. He wasn't looking very good, but with all the guys they have coming back around to him, maybe if he does just good enough, they'll need him to be a superstar.
1: Yeah, and well, we also mentioned Sean Chambers earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to put too much, you know, too high of an expectation on a true freshman quarterback. But maybe he gets a few reps. Maybe he shines.
0: You never know. All right. Any other battles? Because we know Marcus McMahon, Armani Rogers, or Cam Newton Rogers, whatever we're going to go with. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess one big thing, Max Gilliam, who was not happy with us on Twitter, he wants to come in and start. That's twice he's transferred. He's not coming to be a backup.
1: That is very true. So.
0: Hey, with Tony Sanchez moving, mixing things up, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little chatter of uh, Max Gilliam doing a little bit because Rogers was hit or miss last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we definitely got a glimpse of the ceiling that Rogers had. You know, obviously there was some growing pains just as a redshirt freshman quarterback, but I think it'll help to have options just in case he does get injured. You know, because he did miss what one or two games with injury last year.
0: I, I believe a few, yeah. Yeah, I expect to bring over you know, Kurt Palandek, who's playing linebacker.
1: Yeah, and the only other three guys who were listed um, as as quarterbacks on last year's roster all graduated. You know, Johnny Stanton's gone, Kurt Palandek's gone, Rashim Parks is gone. So they may need Gilliam in a pinch. Sure. And if that's the case, you know, I expect him to definitely be ready for that.
0: And he'll be there for spring, so it's a big deal. I mentioned Brett Ripon. Anybody other quarterback stuff we missed? Uh, Marcus McMurrian, obviously. Chris Chapman. I think New Mexico's the oh, big mystery. Oh yeah. Thing. Where's I didn't even see New Mexico on the list. Where'd it go? Uh oh. It's probably gonna be Toveka Tulioti, most likely. See, I think if there's one
1: if there's one situation I'm intrigued by, it's definitely that one. Because you know, yeah, he was a little bit hit or miss as a passer, but you know, I'm kind of expecting them to re-emphasize the running game in the way that they did when they were more successful in 2015 and 2016 mm-hmm. so in that case I've got my eyes on the guy they brought in from JUCO, Sherion Jones, who we mentioned a little bit ago, because not only was he a, you know, a very highly regarded guy, I'm pretty sure he's the best guy they brought in in their class so far mm-hmm. and you know, we know that they brought in an offensive coordinator in Calvin McGee who's had a lot of success running the football Khalil
0: Tate, anyone? As as well, maybe,
1: yeah. So maybe he's the kind of guy who can make that offense work in the same way that it had, you know, in the last couple of years. It was a little bit hit or miss in 2017, but you know, he's a guy. I think I'm really interested in seeing
0: what the reports look like coming out of Albuquerque in the spring. Well, also, Colton Gerhardt could be a guy too, because there's that one game. Was he the guy who got like a couple carries, or was that somebody else? Trying to think of that one game where they played four quarterbacks. Yeah. Was she the one who got decent amount of playing time, or was that some other random guy? I, try, I wish I had that in front of me. Um, well, there
1: was one game where they had like three or four quarterbacks play.
0: Yeah, Colton Gerhardt. Let me just check real quick because yeah, Tulevati got hurt, the concussion. Um, yeah, he played. Oh, I'm, I want to get right here because I want to make sure because maybe he might be a guy who can come in. Yeah, he's the guy who came in for – it was a Tulsa game, right? Yeah. He came in where he – yeah, he, it's him. He played four games. He played part of Boise State, but versus Tulsi, who was nine to fourteen, 108 yards passing, mind you, not running passing, but also had 24 rushes for 156 and a touchdown. So I wouldn't count him out.
1: I guess it's true. I would
0: say that's the this is going to be the most this is going to be the most intriguing race. I, I guess you'd have this. I guess the only I don't know. You have this in Air Force and maybe Wyoming, but New Mexico and Air Force are going to be the most um, one to watch this spring definitely all right anything else you need to add here I guess um, Super Bowl go Team X I don't know well I mean if we're
1: rooting for the mountain West I think we're definitely rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles because well actually I guess that's not true mm. I think that depends on <laughs> where you where your loyalties lie because you know Shay McClellan from Boise State is on IR for the Patriots but as far as people who are actually playing in the game, both New England and Philadelphia have one guy apiece. Yes. Uh for Philadelphia, they got Jay Ajayi, of course, who's been their lead back throughout the playoffs, has played pretty well. And, you know, poor Jacob Hollister. It's Gronk. This close, this close. I know,
0: this close to being in a Super Bowl. And they love him too. They love Jake Hollister. Well, I mean,
1: it, it also wouldn't surprise me to see them come out with a double tight end set most of the time anyway, and just try to run the ball between the tackles.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Easier said than done against that Eagles front seven, but I wouldn't. it wouldn't surprise me if that's what the Patriots wanted to do.
0: Yeah, because Hollis is like, he would have been the starter. They like him. He comes in with Gronk with the concussions ready to go. He, he only has um, four receptions for 42 yards and has one postseason, one reception, one target, zero yards. <laughs> There you go. It is whatever. It is what it is, whatever. But he's out there. Who knows? There's been ra- – I wouldn't say more random Super Bowl heroes, but with Gronk being concussion, if he takes a big hit, which is likely to happen against a pretty good Eagle defense and how he plays, maybe a Hollister will show up a little bit. And like I said, Ajayi got traded midseason. He's been playing pretty well. I- Obviously, I'd give the edge to Ajayi playing better. Would you say Ajayi – what I know the odds are out. I should look it up real quick. But what uh, would you um, put any money on J.H.I. being Super Bowl Super Bowl, most valuable player? No. Not at all? No. It, what, just Tom Brady? Is that what you're going with no matter what?
1: <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea. Like, I want to say that the Eagles defense will be able to slow him down. It's probably going to end up being someone random. think so? I have a feeling, yeah. Like, who, who's, like, random? A defender? No, I feel like it's going to be someone like Corey Clement or something like that. <laughs> Corey
0: Clement. Okay, wait, wait, yeah, wait. wait. Yeah, you know, you know, he's the,
1: I believe he's Ajayi's backup, or he's like the third running back in, in the Philadelphia rotation. Someone like him or like someone like, I don't know, Rex Burkhead or something like that.
0: Can I ask you a quick question here? Because this is a fun, so this lost Super Bowl prop bets. Okay. There is one for a punter and place kicker. Not kidding why? Okay, it's the odds are ridiculous. If you're a, if it's a punter, which how? I guess if there's a fake punt or something, they score a touchdown. One of those type of things. Yes, it's plus ten thousand. I would put a dollar on that. Well you'd make like you'd probably lose money if you did that, I think. That's why I'd
1: only put a dollar I on I think
0: it. it's if you bet. if I think the way it works, I'm not very good at plus minus, I think if you bet ten thousand you'll win at a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. No is minus 50,000. <laughs> Place Creek at least got, it. okay, odds plus 5,000 for yes and minus 20,000 for no. Huh. I'm trying to find the full list of odds here because I want to see what the, because uh, usually like I play player position. Um, ah, they have Nick Foles. They have Tom Brady. I don't know. just uh, It'd be cool if uh, J.J. won Super Bowl MVP, right? I
1: think it would. I think it would be a good look for not only Boise State, but for the conference as a whole.
0: I guess so. So, how much the Super Bowl are you going to watch? All of it? Are you going to tune in here and there? What's your uh, dig- no? I'm,
1: pr- I'm probably going to end up watching all of it because you know my my family is grilling and I'm all about free food. Of
0: course. Um, I was going to say, shoot. Do you like the commercials? Like everybody does. <laughs> yeah, although
1: I've been seeing some articles about them, and most of them look really lame. That's, so that's
0: kind of annoying too. Why they put put them out a week before? Yeah, I like how the Super Bowl has prop picks for everything. Dude, I'm trying to find. They have Gatorade Color. Have what What's going to be
1: Porter of the Woody Coach? Justin Timberlake's first halftime song.
0: Do they have one for Instinct appearing? Because I'd put good money on that. No. Why is that not the obvious choice? Because I, I, no I guarantee there's probably something for Janet Jackson to appear, right? Nah. I'm just saying. You could bet on literally ev- everything.
1: That's true. Okay,
0: really quick. Odds would MVP. Jay, Jay's given the uh one, two, three, four, five, um uh, wait, two, three, four, five. Tied for the fourth fifth fourth best odds. You have Tom Brady. That's not bad. Yeah, Tom That's not bad. Tom Brady, Nick Foles, Rob Gronkowski, Deion Lewis, Danny Amadola, um Jay's tied with Ertz, um, Zach Ertz, the uh, Eagles tight end. Where's Jacob Hollister on this list? I'm I'm serious. Um they have defenders, no j- you would think with Gronk's injury, he was he would have been on the board at some point. You would think. I am not seeing it. Um that's all I got. Um That's disappointing. Yeah, I I bet he's off the board. You can take the field though at two thousand if you want. <laughs> which is better than plus twenty thousand that guys like Philip Dorsep or Ky- Kyle Van Noy or Troy Flower Trey Flowers are kidding. <laughs> Nice. All right, that's all I got. Anything else we need to add? I think we're good. I think we've exhausted every football angle at this moment. I
1: think we're all set.
0: As it is February 1st. So thank you for listening if you made it this long. Tell us on Twitter if you finish the show. Head over to a MWC Wire on Twitter. We will um, answer questions, do everything you want us to do. Um, I don't know. We'll, you want a T-shirt, let us know. Again, if you design a T-shirt, you will get a T-shirt for free. That's a deal, right? Yes. And uh, Spreaker, iTunes, Stitchers, um, all the places you get a podcast, let us know. Leave us a review. And um, as always, we will see you next time where we're going to be talking March Shredness.